it's time to raise the roof for our sixth off-season podcast. Unfortunately, Evan is not here. It is just me and Gibby today with our special guest today. And I will immediately introduce our special guest before we get into everything. So his name is Max O'Toole, but if you're on the Rays Discord, you know him better as Ricky Spanish 44. Max, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, what's going on? Just quickly, can you, uh, can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, specifically what's going on with you in the Discord? Well, I'm a mod on there, and uh, we talk about the Rays a lot in there, obviously, but it's just sort of a big community where we discuss a lot of things, obviously mainly the Rays, but a few gamers in there talking about movies. It's just a nice place for all the fans to get together and have some camaraderie, I guess. Yeah, we definitely need that in these times because times are getting crazy now. I guess on deck for the podcast today, so a couple of things have happened in the, um, in the world of the Rays. Luckily, good things, I think, much better things than what we discussed before, which is good. So no talking about how Stu Sternberg doesn't know what the hell he's talking about as an owner and that kind of stuff. So we're first going to talk about, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Nate Lowe deal, so we're going to talk about that, all, all, all stuff regarding that. Then we're going to get into the signing today of Mike Zunino back on the team, so the re-signing of him and kind of how that deal was structured and what it's going to look like. It probably is going to look like he's going to be in some backup position, so they're going to look to get a main guy, and it's going to be interesting to see who that main guy is. We're going to talk a little bit of Rule 5, and then we're going to do a, a quick Christmas wish list type thing about uh, some catchers that we want to see the Rays go after uh, that are still currently available in the free agent market, of which there are a lot of you know pretty significant names out there. And then we're going to get into talking a little bit more about um, uh, Max's, you know, his story as a Rays fan and, and more stuff with the Discord. So first off, let's talk about that, uh, that trade that happened with Nate Lowe. So Nate got traded. So he was in a weird situation with the Rays. Unfortunately, he really didn't get the opportunity that I think a lot of us thought he was going to get at first base just because of the fact that Choi has been there for the last few years and they just signed Sutsugo and he can also play first base and and, and other players slotting in here and there. I know Yandy Diaz was also playing first base for a little bit. And I know Brandon Lau came over there and played for a little bit. But there's a bunch of guys. It's basically he was log jammed at first base. So they ended up trading him. They got some assets for him. They traded him to the Texas Rangers. It looks like he's going to become their everyday first baseman next year. They also traded away first baseman Jake Gunther, who is uh, just, just, just a prospect in their system and then a player to be named later. And in return, they got back um, – uh, I think it's uh, Heriberto Hernandez, um, who is a catching catcher slash outfielder slash first base prospect, but the main thing is the catching. And then Oslevius Basare, I think I probably butchered that name, but he's an infield prospect. And then uh, Alexander Obales, who is an outfield slash infield prospect. So Gibby, starting off with you, when you heard about this deal, how did you feel about it? You know, like you said, we had a long jam at first base. So, I mean, like, you know, Nate Lowe did good for us in that second half of the season when we really, when we were having some injuries and we needed the team to pick up the bats a little bit. He did help out in that situation. I really hope um, the Rangers give him just a, like the the first base starter at their organization because I think he is a starter for a lot of MLB teams. He's starter talent. So it's kind of sad to see him go, but we I think we still have so many dynamic players at that position that it doesn't really, it won't really affect us in the end unless Nate Lowe turns into a Hall of Famer, in which case I will bite my tongue. Yeah. Max, what did you think was the, I guess, the key part of this trade when you first heard about it? Well, the key piece back, Hurry Berto Hernandez, is that, am I saying that right? It's something like that. I think it, something like that, basically. Sorry, my call dropped for a second. Yeah, he's a, he's kind of the big piece back, and kind of shocking that he's not a top 100 prospect with the way his uh, stats are. Uh, it's only rookie league in uh, three games in uh, low A, but the majority of his time, he's had a, a one-plus OPS at the catcher position, and that's uh, that's pretty shocking coming from just a uh, not a top 100 prospect. That was just kind of surprising for me. And the fact that the uh, Rangers were kind of willing to get rid of him for Nate Lowe and in a first baseman, obviously he did well for us and he can, he can rake the ball, but it's still first base. That's not the most valuable position in baseball right now. You know? Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Um, I, so I was surprised that they got anything back for Lowe because just, I mean, based on what he was, 
You could only get so much for him. So the fact that they got anything back and they got Hernandez, who I think is going to turn into something in the future, you know, it's going to take a few years, but it's a good sign for the future that they're going to have some catching talent coming up the, uh, the pipeline in the organization. I think that was a good piece to get out of it. I don't know if you guys have any last thoughts about it before we move on to talking about Zunino. I say, I say you, you get Heriberto to um, form a really good battery of one of our um, younger pitcher talents and maybe move up with him. And then we'll have, in a few years, we'll have a really good duo, hopefully, maybe with a prospect catcher or a prospect pitcher in him. So we'll see how it turns out in the future. I will say, even if he becomes a guy like a, Schwarber, where he's not a, you know, fantastic catcher. He's playing in the outfield or whatever. His, his, that, that, those offensive numbers are wild. I mean, I haven't done any full scouting or anything, so I'm kind of, I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, just, just looking at it, 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 he, he looks, he looks wild. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's shown a lot of promise, which is, which is really exciting, I guess, from my end looking at it. The next thing I wanted to go over, so obviously, um, you know, with the ca- with the lack of catching depth that the Rays currently have. They needed to go re-sign someone that they had um, – or possibly re-sign someone or get someone new. So they decided to re-sign Mike Zunino, who I know that people have very mixed opinions about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he can't hit. But from what we've seen, he hasn't been able to hit. But he's a really, really good defensive catcher. And so they ended up re-signing him. So um, the current specs on the deal right now, just based off of what, what Mark Topkin put out today, he said that the deal is he's, he's guaranteed three mil – there's a two mil salary in 2021 and a one million dollar buyout, uh, or a 2022 option worth between four and seven million dollars. So the so the so the 2022 option, if they pick it up, uh, it will be based on how many games he ends up playing. So it'll be four mil if it's under 80 games, five mil if it's between 80 and 89, six mil if it's between 90 and 99, seven million if it's over 100, and then if he's traded, it's another seven million. So it's he's probably not going to get the deal picked up. So as of right now, they, they're only signing him for $2 million in 2021 or for, for 2021, but he is guaranteed three mil at some, like, like in the entirety of the deal. But I don't know how you guys felt about that. I mean, I think that they ended up getting a pretty good value for, um, for what he was, but um, I don't know uh, how you, how both of you feel about it. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, it's obviously a value. I mean, that's what, that's what we go for. It's, it's valuable because, you know, Mike Zanino could probably go somewhere and be a backup catcher most places or even a starter in some places so i mean yeah we're just we're getting him on a good deal you know i don't think like who's on par whose contract's on par that it's like probably susugo i think we have him for like three mil two mil something like that but yeah he's definitely i we, we need we need something back there and it looks like this is going to be like what you said a, a backup deal and maybe we're still yet to sign another main catcher. So I don't think there's nothing to be um, like overly, overly dramatic about this. Like he did good enough to warrant him coming back to this team and still being valuable to our team, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the crap on Zanino as much as the next guy. Obviously his offenses have been underwhelming, but I don't know if this says uh, anything bad about Perez or Zanino, but if you look back at last season, I, I think this happened in the playoffs. I'm, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but just watch Michael Perez try to catch Tyler Glass now, and then watch Sonino do it. Perez, I believe, at one point there were like a ton of it was either wild pitches or just pass balls where he just could not find the ball when a Glass now would spike a curveball like he likes to do sometimes, and Zanino, it just doesn't happen with him. So. I also saw on Twitter, like there were a lot of uh, the pitch, the pitchers were excited about him coming back too. So obviously his relationship with pitchers, just how well he does defensively, he means a lot to this team, even if he is a bit underwhelming, just like during the, with the eye test. Yeah. But it, it's good to have him back on a, if you'd like it that way. Yeah. He also just seems like kind of a raised guy, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's got that, he's got, he's got the culture, like, like, the well, same, like what, what we've seen. Well, he's figured out the pitching staff really well, which is which is really important. I didn't even think about that, Max. Thanks for bringing that up about, yeah. about what happened during the postseason. Like, it's a night and day thing when you compare to what Perez did to what Zunino did. He just looked – again, that's the, that's the thing about the defensive side of him that makes him an asset. It's just the 
offensive side of him, which did come out in the playoffs. I mean, he hit like a 450-foot bomb, which, you know, Mike Zunino can still hit a ball really, really far. It's just when you watch him swing, I mean, it's just really, really tough to say, like, this guy is going to hit, you know, above 250, which is like me being generous to it. He just doesn't I – don't, I, don't, I don't know. He just doesn't look like the type of guy that would do that. I, it, it's really annoying. <laughs> If he just had slightly better plate vision, I think most of that would uh, subside. Because, like, if there's a pitch in the zone and he thinks he's going to bomb it, I mean, it, swing and missing, you can, ta- you can take it or leave it. But when the dude is swinging at a ball that's, you know, in the dirt, that's a little, uh, that's a little infuriating sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, 100% agreed, 100% agreed. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll change his plate discipline and his, and his plate approach in the offseason, and it'll be an absolute stud this year. Um, who knows about that? Uh, speaking of guys who uh, I think I think we thought they were going to change their plate approach this year, and they ended up not doing that. Um, so that uh, so that deal uh, with the Padres does not look that good right now because well, a the Rays um, so they DFA'd Hunter Renfro. He just got signed by the Red Sox. Don't really know what's going to happen there, but uh, it's just looming large. I think not just because of the fact that they let go of Fam, but also the fact that they let Cronenworth go. And he turned into yeah. a stud with them, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about the deal of, of Renfro to the Red Sox? Is it just like like I just feel like it was such an unfortunate circumstance with with Renfro on the Rays because I really thought that he was going to turn things around because going from a ballpark like Petco in San Diego, which is a pitcher's ballpark traditionally, to mm-hmm. Tropicana Field, I thought he was going to be able to produce more power, hit more home runs, but that just didn't happen. It didn't translate. Yeah, he just didn't have like we have a very talented outfield kind of catalog that we have right now mm-hmm. um you got a rosarena now you got kiermeyer you got meadows you got there's so so many so much talent there so and you got you got margot too i mean so much talent there and like he's just doesn't he didn't have the plate vision that i don't think the rays thought he had i mean like sure yeah he had a he had some bombs you know he had he had like a grand slam or two i think but like it just wasn't it wasn't enough he was hitting like 200 sometime most of the season he was under 200 so i mean i'm glad he got signed he's with the red Sox now so yeah with a uh, hunter i mean i believe he said this himself where if he gets more at bats more of an everyday at bat if he's more of an everyday at bat kind of guy he's going to perform better offensively it's not like he's a high obp guy anyway but the fact that his uh, slugging just absolutely tanked that was that was pretty much that was the disappointing thing. And then Randy came in and just basically stole his job, which was, a, uh, I mean, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose your job to anybody, it, the way that Randy was playing. Yeah. I, I mean, he, yeah. the guy had the greatest postseason in the history of baseball. So, I mean, yeah. It, stats plus wise. like the way I going back to the everyday player thing, it's not like he would fit well with the organization anyway, because this is a, this is a team that likes to platoon their players and with the talent that Hunter Renfro has, he doesn't have the talent to be an everyday player, mm-hmm. to have a slot in right field consistently just because we have so many p- talented players that are going to fit over there that would play in a situation where a platoon would work. You guys want to get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. It's just, like, I, I will – I mean, quickly, I wanted to t- – so – I mean, I, I did want to talk about, like, the trade part of it, but also what you're bringing up. That makes 100% of sense. I think that it definitely brings down morale and confidence of a player when they don't want when, – when, when a team doesn't want to, like, just give you that, that, that role on a team. Even though, again, like you said, the Rays are, you know, they're, they're known for doing this stuff. It wasn't, you know – it was a pretty obvious thing from the start that he probably wasn't going to have the starting job the entire season – so I'm pretty sure that didn't really register in his head and maybe that, you know, that, that mess with how he came up to the plate and his hitting approach and all of that. Um, but the other side of it, which is that I think this might be the first time in a while that I think that the Rays lost a, uh, a trade. Cause like they usually win trades or they break even. Um, oh, okay. Max has a point here, but I, I mean, do you think that they lost this trade? Two words, Xavier Edwards. Ooh. You got, you got to wait on him, man. You got, the dude, the dude's a what a top fifty prospect. That that was the main fish in that trade. That was the big catch. We might have lost Cronenworth, but 
you know, if you look at deeper into Jake's stats, the dude was very inconsistent. Even I think he could be a pretty good second baseman for what's worth. I'm not trying to crap on Jake or anything, but Xavier Edwards, that was really what they were looking for there. And uh, yeah, if let's okay, just in the situation that Hunter Renfro did work out, he did have a lot less service time than Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham would be a free agent after 2021, so next season he would be gone mm-hmm. basically. So I'm not saying they won the trade but this is you just gotta wait a little longer this is it's not a foregone conclusion Mm, that is true that is true right now i feel like they've lost i do so the thing about edwards is that is there a possibility that he ends up becoming more of a power hitter than he currently is because i know that right now i think he has like one career home run in the minors and his slash line he his from what i saw his his obp is really good but his slugging is below 400 so I was wondering if 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 he's going to become a player that's going to bulk up and is going to actually uh, hit for more power. Now it might happen, it might not happen, but I don't know how either of you feel about that. Definitely, I definitely think, um, and he still has more to prove. You know, there's not enough of a, a catalog there to know like how he's going to do in the future. I mean, he's still pretty young, I believe. Um, yeah. So give, I, I, I'm with I'm with Maxwell here. Give him some time. We give, like the needle's definitely tipping towards the the pod the Padres winning this trade, but you know, well, not, we we won't know until I guess that prospect turns out to be what he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He's 21 years old. His uh, most recent slash line. If my computer would stop glitching up. Yeah, he he has not had above a 400. Or I'm sorry if. 470 slugging in any season so yeah his power is a bit maybe low but leadoff hitter maybe i don't know <laughs> he could be <laughs> yeah, a leadoff hitter. be patient with it he could be a leadoff hitter i think that's an actual possibility for him to be a leadoff hitter um i don't know it's just it's just an interesting dichotomy because usually i mean like the rays will try to find a way to to even up the deals and I'm, I'm i'm curious i don't know what margot's situation is with his contract i don't know how many years he's still under control with the rays but he was good this year. So, like, if he continues yeah. to be consistent, I think from and, – and also, if you look at what the Padres got in return for it, uh, right now – well, Fam got hurt, so his production, you know, was stunted. And I don't know how good he's going to be next year. But, um, I mean, Margot had a good year from what I thought. He had a good – and obviously he had a very good postseason. Yeah. Margot was definitely shaky at the start, and I was, like, unsure at the start. And then mm-hmm. definitely started started slinging after that. Yeah, 100% agree. Watch the glove in the playoffs. You can't hate that. But uh, Margot looks like he is a free agent in 23. But, um, yeah, what we gave up for Margot, I, I thought the trade was fine at the time because it was uh, it was Emilio Pagan, if I'm not wrong, and he was he had a – you know, he had a crazy season, but nearing the end, especially during the playoffs, you were starting to see the holes in his game. He was starting to give up a lot of hard contact. And getting a guy in Margot that could slot into center field when KK is injured or just has a day off, and he's pretty much the – I don't want to say the same player, but a player that's very similar to KK. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, no, I think on those two deals, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see kind of, you know, what comes out of it because they made I, – I really liked Pagan. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's fine now because they ended up patching the holes and it was great because, I mean, the race had a really, really, really good bullpen this year. But um, I wanted to see them keep him. And I, I, I'm I, biting my tongue on that one because I was like, they're not going to be able to replace Pagan. And then they replaced him and they went to the World Series. So clearly they were able to do it. Um, <laughs> quickly, speaking of, uh, speaking of relievers, uh, today, as of recording, today's Pete Fairbanks' birthday. Um, uh, the crazy wild Good man birthday, himself. Pete. Yeah, mad man. Yeah, the mad this, this absolute this indeed, mad lad. Yo, this indeed <laughs> pleases Peter Fairbanks. It, uh, exactly. It, it, it's such a good meme. I think that's like if if we're gonna like rate memes of the season that like were created, I think that's got to be like top three. Yeah, it's oh, top three. Oh, just, absolutely. The picture alone, the picture alone of him just staring like a complete psychopath into the camera, deep fried. That's just that. That just sells it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Top three, if not number one, in, in, um, raised memes of of last season. You know, I think it could. I think it could make a. Um, honestly, I think it could make a push for one. I just don't know what else would be in contention with it. 
<laughs> many. I don't know. <laughs> there's not enough. Many. The Mike Zoom was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I mean, there's been, I mean, the Randy one, some, uh, the, uh, the MF Randy one is funny. Mike um, Brasso memes, those were good. The role of Chapman. Oh, there's a, see, no, I still think that Pete's, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the best one that we had this year, but I could be wrong with that and I'd be fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, I, we'll, uh, <laughs> I believe it's the only one that the uh, Twitter account has acknowledged officially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, yeah, no, yeah, no, they yeah, acknowledged yeah. it today, which was great. I, it's so like there, for some weird reason, I think that there's got to be some like mod either on it. I, I don't think on the Discord, but we can get into that later. Either on the Discord or on the Reddit server that like works with the Rays, because or they just like someone's just on there and just like looks at it because there's no way that they don't because clearly they know what our fan base does and they know what we yeah. do in terms of memes. So like someone's got to be looking through it. And yeah. Well, I think of course someone's looking, if they're, if they're a mod, that would be some spooky, like Illuminati stuff right there. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be freaked out because I, 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 yeah. I know all those guys pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, I mean, who, who's to say, who, who's to say, uh, quickly, uh, before we get into the wish list stuff, um, uh, some things happen with the Rule 5 draft. Obviously, every year, uh, a bunch of guys get picked up, a bunch of guys get let go. The Rays ended up losing. Um, so, this says uh, in – oh, God. I'm just trying to go through this entire thing. Okay. So, in the major league phase of the draft, uh, they had um, – I'm trying to think where they were. They were tied with the Yankees for, I think, the second most – uh, players being, being being taken from a team. So they had seven players taken. One of them was taken during the major league phase of the draft, who was Paul Campbell. And then the rest of the draft, the, these were all minor league guys. So Matt Crook, left-handed pitcher, went to the Yankees. Uh, second baseman, uh, Amador uh, Arias, went to the Mariners. Right-handed pitcher, Nicholas Padilla, went to the Cubs. Right-handed pitcher, John Leader Salinas, went to the Twins. I probably butchered the name, sorry. Um, right-handed pitcher Reimer Boulevard went to the Dodgers and right-handed pitcher Justin Martin went to the Rangers. Um, again, the only like big one here, it seems like was Paul Campbell. He's a 25 year old right now. He, uh, the Marlins picked him up. He's probably going to play for the Marlins at some point. Came out of Clemson, throws low to mid nineties. Um, they drafted him in 2017. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but they ended up picking up two guys, two guys that they picked up. In the so these are both minor league stuff. Um, uh, they picked up Jordan Brink, who is a right-handed pitcher from the Cardinals, and then they also picked up uh, right-handed pitcher Ezekiel Zabaleta from the Mets. So right now, what I'm seeing here uh, about Brink is that apparently Baseball America highlighted it as one of their six most intriguing picks from the minor league phase of the draft. Um, he is 27 though, but he can throw mid to high 90s which is what i see here That's so nice. i don't know i don't know i mean how much you guys have have read into this stuff because this is literally the first time looking at this but <laughs> i have i have not read much into any advance okay that's fine <laughs> of, of, of the rule five draft same with me you never know i've got my end up like thompson i mean he was a minor league rule five pick so you never know yeah this is true this is true so we'll so we'll see what happens with that. i mean the, i mean brink he's he's 27 but he could come up i mean what is it? Adam Kalarik ended up coming up when he was like 28, 29, and he ended up helping the Dodgers win a World Series and was a stud. So I don't think he was a Rule 5 guy, but, you know, guys come up and have late debuts and they're still good. So uh, we'll, we will see what happens with that, uh, which then leads us into our Christmas wish list type thing about catchers that we want the race to get, either free agents or guys that, that they could trade for. Um, I know that there were a few names that have been thrown out. Um, in terms of both available players uh, in the, uh, what's it called? Available players uh, currently in the free agent market and then also possible guys that could be trade pieces. But um, Gibby, starting with you, is there a guy or a couple players that you want the race to be looking at uh, in depth this, this off season and you want them to sign? Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think there definitely is, you know, um, James McCann already signed with the Cubs, right? Or uh, yeah, Mets, sorry. Mets, yeah, yeah. Four years, four years <laughs> Mets, which is a lot yeah. of money. 
that, that is a lot of money. You know, there's a lot of value just in the, you know, Wilson Ramos. Hey, why not? Um, JT Real Muto. Why not? You know, you, you're, you were making fun of, you were making fun of, uh, yeah, he said, they say his market value is 22 million. I really doubt that. You were making fun of Yadier Molina earlier, but what, what if the Rays make a move on that? I don't know. They could go, they could go really anywhere here, you know. You get like an old vet like Kurt Suzuki. Suzuki, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, you, I just, I really don't know where, where they would go. Like, they, they, they're either going to find one of those guys, like one of those old veteran guys, or it's going to be just um, Zanino and maybe just another Zanino type, basically. Same value. You never know when they just split. Yep. So we'll see. I do have one and shout out to my boy D over on the discord. He's been pushing for this for a hot minute. It's an old friend of ours. He was not tendered by the Reds. Uh, Kirk Asali. Okay. He has been backing up uh, Tucker Barnhart, I believe over in Cincinnati for the past three years. Low key. The dude has kind of been raking. What's his, what's his stat or what, what were his stats last year or last couple of years? Slash line, uh, 20 for 2020 he hit 224 366 on base 500 slugging for 866 Ooh. ops okay i mean now in nine average not great but yeah in 19 it was much of the same well no it wasn't it was below average uh back to like an 88 ops but he's been consistently getting on base a clip of above 330 every season he was in cincinnati now, i'm not saying he's like he's gonna come here and be able to get the starting role but Possibly Tandem with Zanino. I don't know. Might as well give it a shot. Dude's probably not going to be too expensive. I mean, that's a good. I I, I like that. That's a low key selection that I think people could. Um, I think I think people could get behind. I mean, just seeing this. I mean, Ramos thirty three. Ramos is thirty three, but he definitely doesn't look like he's thirty three when he plays. Um, uh, which is, you know, I mean, it just is what it is with that. I mean, Jason Castro on here. I don't, I don't want that at all because I remember him on the – I mean, he's the slowest person I think I've ever seen on a baseball field. No offense to Jason Castro, but um, he also can't hit either, which isn't good. Uh, I mean, I know that the big name that a lot of people are throwing out is if they somehow get Wilson Contreras uh, in, a, in a trade with the Cubs, which I don't know what they would have to give up for that because right now I think he's under free agent control until 22, but – I mean, if they could get Contreras, I think that's the that's the piece that the Rays, um, from what I've seen, that a lot of Rays fans want. And I can get behind it. Contreras can hit. Contreras is a very good defensive player. I mean, obviously, he helped the Cubs win a World Series. So, I mean, he has, you know, he has playoff experience. He has championship winning experience. I mean, he helped end a dynasty. Or, I mean, I mean, not a dynasty. He helped end 108, you know, definitely not a dynasty. Uh, I mean, technically, like, I mean, like the Cubs dynasty that existed died and he was part of it. So I guess you can count that. But yeah, I mean, he ended a 108 year or he helped end a 108 year drought for a World Series title. So I mean, I mean, that, I mean, that does play. But I, I think that Contreras is someone that I, I mean, I just don't know what they would have to give up in order to get him is the question. Uh, because they would have him for then two years under control. Um, and then they would probably, and then they would probably just get rid of him just because of the fact that his value is going to be too high after that. But I don't know how you guys feel about them trying to trade for him. I, I, I like it. Um, you know, I think we need definitely need more vets on the team. I would like to get some sort of like real vet guy on the team who has experience of other teams. Um, like, you know, Kiermaier is like basically the leader of the team. He, he does a really good job. A lot of people just – a lot of the team just goes to him for advice and stuff. And, like, basically he's, like, the the captain. Um, so, you just – I think it would be a good good fit for the Rays, you know, um, if we could somehow get him. I'm not sure what, who you have to get up, give up for that. But I definitely – I definitely like that idea. I'm a fan. I like this. Well, it would really depend on the trade for me because this is when you – like, I believe you'd see a guy like Vidal Bruhan get on the move. And uh, some of these kind of like middle of well, middle of the road for the Rays, but like maybe some prospects kind of in like the uh, maybe seventy to forty range. What happened with uh, Matt Liberatore over to the uh, over to the Cardinals for Randy? But yeah, that that service time does throw me off a bit because it's really only for 
two seasons. But, you know, if you get some offense over at the catcher position, that'd be a dream for any race fan, I would think. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? I, so just looking at his baseball, it says – so um, service time right now, four years. He, it's, it says free agent in 2023. So we might have him for three years if that happens. But, I mean, looking at his slash line, uh, it's 265, 351, 463 um, for an 814 OPS, 113 OPS plus, which is significantly better than what the Rays have had. And his 162 game average, um, I mean, he hasn't played like a full season. I mean, the most that he's played in 2018 was he played 138 games. He was an all-star that year, had 118 hits, hit 249, uh, 10 home runs and 54 RBIs, it seems. His best season, he had 24 home runs and 64 RBIs. Or, I mean, technically, his two best seasons were 2017, he had 21 and 74, 2019, 24 and 64. Um, but apparently, I mean, from what I'm seeing here is uh, his 162-game average is 24 and 83, uh, 144 hits, 30 doubles, three – triples um I mean I, I know the triples don't really matter uh and then 75 runs scored but I mean I would say just for what it's worth if you average it out that's a pretty good average like like if he actually I mean he's not going to play 162 but if he plays um I mean even if he plays well I mean like like 120 130 over this course of the season I think he could be a really good value it's just like like Max what, what you were saying what they would have to give up in order to get him yeah, it'd be one of those things where I think um, they would think about sticking him at DH for a few games, especially with the ways, like we were mentioning earlier, the way Zanino's tied in with the pitching staff. But yeah, as we said before, it would probably just depend on what it, we'd have to give up. I mean, if it gets to the point where we're talking about like tying high-end guys like McKay, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want – no. I'm, like as soon as – basically, I think – I'm trying to think. I think top 20 prospects, they can't give away guy who's top 20 or lower. So, like, I think if they go, like, 21 to 30 and up, I think that's fine if they don't give away, like, a huge piece. But I don't want them to give away some crazy talent to the to the Cubs right now because they're also in change because they um, – uh, Epstein is out uh, as GM, so they're, you know, new GM in. So, I mean, hopefully they could, you know – I wouldn't say fleece, but they could get a good price for him if they were to trade him again. That's all, you know, it's, it's, this is all what if, True. but it's an interesting predicament and, and we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, again, it'll be interesting to see and, and it'll be exciting for us. I mean, if they end up getting Contreras, that'll be great because then we'll actually have a good, good catching option for the next couple of years and it'll be good. So uh, Max talking more about you and your fandom as a race fan uh, and how that's gone. Uh, where did it start for you? Did you grow up a Rays fan, uh, and how has it gone, um, especially in recent years, with with how the team has done? Well, I didn't move to Florida until 2008. Ironically, that's when the Rays started getting good. But uh, I didn't really start intently watching, believe it or not, until about 2016. Mostly just because I was uh, I was bored and curious. But since then, it's kind of increased the fandom has kind of increased in levels since uh since that year it would go from like just watching the games to following the team on social media and now I'm all into the prospects and stuff but yeah it's uh they're, they're definitely something I follow pretty heavily and I, I take it pretty seriously I guess and so I guess in your mind why do you think it took so long for you to get latched onto the team once you moved down to Florida well it was mostly uh, honestly, a lack of friends who really, really watched it and was into it. Like, I've been a Packers fan since I was a kid because my dad was a Packers fan and I never let them go or anything like that. And I guess it really just took my boredom and the fact that we got, um, we got cable back in 2016 and I started flipping through the channels and we had a, what was it? it was, was it still Sun Sports at the time? Or yeah. yeah, it's still Sun Sports. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, and then I uh, that came on, and again, again, it was mostly just because I was bored, but it's definitely not because of that now. <laughs> I was gonna say, so 2016, 27, or 2016, they were garbage. Like, like yeah. they were they, they were bad. Into, <laughs> did like that year when you started watching the team? Did you like at any point think you know like I don't really want to watch this team anymore. This team sucks. Uh, you know, like they 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 they're just not enjoyable to watch just based on how they were doing over the course of the season. Not really, just because uh, 
I was just kind of getting into it. I didn't really know what to expect at the time. I didn't know that the team was rebuilding or anything like that. Like the most, literally, I'd say up until 2016, I pretty much only knew about Evan Longoria and that was it. Like I didn't know about Price or Madden or any, or Zilberst or any of those other guys, right? So, or even game 162, that matter. But uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, at the time, it was just, I I guess I, I'm a masochist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I definitely don't think it's that. No. Um, oh, oh, no, wait, continue if you had a couple of things more to say. Oh, no, I was, I was kidding. But, yeah, at, yeah, at the time, I, I, again, I was just bored and just curious, I guess. And then I got latched on. Mm-hmm. But so I start doing good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the, so 2017, 2018, well, 2017, they end up going 88-82. 2018, they win 90 games, obviously, and then 96 wins, and then obviously what happened this year. So, I mean, things have definitely let, – let's just say you're the good luck charm because as soon as you latched on, they've been getting better and better and better. So, that's a good thing. Uh, but, I guess I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, now you have to stay. It's just, you know, it's just it, – it's, it's required now. But along with that, did you get um, – like, have you been going to games often? Have you gone to minor league games, going down to spring training in Port Charlotte, anything like that? Uh, well, first, I'll get to my history. But funny story, I uh, – the last game I went to was a spring training game in Dunedin, by the way. By the way, that facility is fantastic. If you haven't been down there, the Blue Jays facility down in Dunedin. Um, it was the Monday in March, two days before everything shut down. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> no, but uh, I've been – I went in 2016. My, uh, my mom's friend gave uh, her two tickets to a game against the Blue Jays um as a birthday present but I, I've been going to usually try to go once or twice every year last year or sorry in 2019 I went to the game where Blake Snell struck like absolutely just teabagged the Colorado Rockies I don't remember if you guys I don't know if you oh, guys yeah know. yeah I remember <laughs> I probably remember that was that. fun was like it's not gonna uh, my head though <laughs> Yeah, and then the other – like, it, they haven't been really memorable games. They were just kind of random ones. But one of the ones I went in 2017 was <laughs> the Colby Rasmus game where he almost had a cycle or where he hit, like, a triple and a double or something like that. He had, like, his best game as a Ray against – Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, how many games did he actually play for them? Because I know he, he – I mean, he ended up, like, not playing the, the, the rest of the season due to personal matters. I'd say, like, a ballpark of, like, two games. Oh, Wow, so you literally went to, you know, one of the only times that, that Colby Rasmus has ever played in a Rays uniform. Yeah, uh, no, it's just, I just, I, I don't know if it's me getting unlucky with games, but I just go to ones that aren't very, like, I guess, uh, I guess the biggest thing on my plate is that I got to see the Blue Jays before they broke up, like with Bautista and uh, Donaldson and stuff, and I got to see Mike Trout play and Arnott, I guess that's. I mean, that's cool. Turn, yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool, but, like, in terms of the games that were pretty uneventful, I haven't really been to any walk-ups or playoff games, which I really want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, Gibby, so you were at game four, right, last year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I was at game four um, in 2019, yeah, Yeah. So uh, against the Astros. Yeah, so for those that for those that weren't there, can you explain how that environment was? Because I know, you know, most people clown on the Rays for, you know, like, fan, you know, you know, like their fans. Oh, yeah. And not having people there but I mean that was that was pretty much a packed house for that game yeah I mean I haven't seen people like I had been going to games before and I, I don't think we filled the stadium up to the second deck ever since like opening day of one of those seasons it, it, it had been a while like since like the last time we had gone to the playoffs maybe um but seeing it that full they didn't take off like all the seats, but most of them, just not like the ones, there's like the ones that go towards the top, and those are just absolute nosebleeds. You could not sit up there. I I remember, like, when I was really young, like, in 2006, when I when I went there, um, like, those, those seats are just impossible to sit in. So I understand why they always section those ones off, but, like, the, there's, like, the, still most of the upper deck was full, too, and, like, seeing all the towels just going off and like swinging and everyone cheering it, it, it was just a crazy environment it's something we haven't seen in a while and i i really hope it can be like that again i will say just watch it on tv like uh i mean i've seen clips in the past of like you know a little bit done walk off and stuff like that in 162 but uh 
that KK home run in game three, I believe it was, yeah. that was the most electric I've seen that stadium since I started watching the team. That, that, was, that, was, that was a different level of loud. I mean, I could hear it through the stream I was watching. It, that was, I'd love to be in there when it was really loud. Yeah, no, that game was insane. I just wish more games were like that. It'll be weird yeah, with what's absolutely. going on with COVID, but I just wish that more games were as electric as those games were in 2019. I, I really hope by the time opening day happens, you know, I really hope you know, the stadium to where it was at game four again. See, I would just love to see that come back, you know. Um, basically, game four is like the last time the the race game base has had a game that was, I mean, I guess you can count the World Series, but that was only 25%, 50% capacity here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and not many race fans there. There were some. I definitely have uh, had a few friends who went. But, um, you know, just want to see those moments again in that in that stadium. And hopefully it can be full again. <laughs> I just want to have the opportunity to go. I was at a UCF at the time of the Game 3 and Game 4. There was no chance of me going. I was watching yeah. Game 3 in the middle of class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I, I I can imagine you not being able to go because you literally had class, so I can't. Yeah, it kind of yeah. prevents the situation. Uh, on the on the flip side of it, because you mentioned spring training, I absolutely love spring training. I think even though the games are meaningless and you know only you know guys only play for like six seven innings, I think that is the best environment for baseball. It basically is like minor league baseball in a way. The players are so much more laid back. They're so much more willing to, like, interact with fans. Just the environment's so just chill. Like, I think that's, like, the yeah. easiest way to describe it is it's just chill and everyone's just enjoying themselves. And it's kind of just like a kickback before the actual season starts. I don't know. I really I really like when they do the uh, the mic'd up for the players on, like, an actual um, – uh, on the MLB.TV network. Like, sometimes – I think one time they had a Braves game and it was um they were talking to Freddie Freeman while he was batting and while he was out in the field. So I, I find that pretty cool, you know, just like th they'll do that because the game doesn't really matter. So it's cool. Yeah, well, when it, that was the only game I went to was the one uh, from earlier this year. But you get a lot more, at least at the stadium I was at, you get a lot of opportunities to get up close and personal with the players. Has, which uh, Mikey Perez, I believe it was, down the left field line and he was signing autographs to everybody that was pretty cool and then KK and a bunch of other players came out and uh did some stretches one footnote on that one thing I found out when I was at spring training I was walking through the concourse before the game I, I almost bumped into my, Mark Topkin like he was next to me that dude is a monster if you I'm six foot the dude is at least two two or three inches taller than me and the dude's a unit I just want to point that out because if you ever see his Twitter profile picture, it's almost completely encompassing the uh, the frame. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's no. Incredible. He is a he is a unit. He is he is. Yeah, the dude is a, the dude is a unit. Yeah, this just is, want to point that out. Okay, so talking about the Discord because I just joined the Discord recently. I love it. I love all the support and like everyone talking and all that stuff. What so when did you first join the Discord, Max? Because it is, I mean. It like there's a lot going on there. There's a lot more people than I thought that would be involved in there. No offense to the race fans, it's just like I don't know how many people would be involved in it. And there's like several hundred people. I mean, I, I think is it is it is it pushing a thousand? Uh if I knew how to look at the exact number, I would. But, but I mean there's 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 a, there's a in there at least. Yeah. At, so I will say the day I joined, not kidding, was the day that Stu announced the split city plan. Oh no! I mean, uh, I mean, that don't, must don't, have been get me, don't get us started on the split city plan. <laughs> yo, I mean, we spent thirty minutes last episode talking about this split city plan and how yo, bad we must, were. Honestly, that must have been great for the Discord because it just must have been like absolute just carnage of people ripping him apart. Uh, well, I will say, um, just being in there for the past two years, it definitely it peaks when the games are going on. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, I don't know. Um, if I just joined too late after the press conference or something, it was pretty quiet. But, uh, I mean, since then, uh, I got modded right after the playoffs because the uh, – uh, sorry, after the 2019 playoffs because the uh, the server got raided by a couple of uh, Yankees fans, and that was, uh, that was fun. But 
yeah, since then, during the season, during games, it's very chaotic in there. You get a lot of people coming in and freaking out over one loss, which is yeah. <laughs> fun. But uh, you know, we we try to we try to keep the fun in there. We have some uh, we have a few off-topic sections where you can talk about games and movies. We have hosted movie nights in the past few weeks, uh, particularly Among Us, which is always pretty fun. Oh man, now I gotta join these Among Us games because I haven't done, like again. I just haven't like I haven't been like I knew about it. I just haven't been on for long enough to actually, you know, be be involved in all of this stuff. Oh yeah, I'll get I'll get you in there for sure. Yeah, um, no, this, that would be great. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. During the offseason, it gets a little quiet sometimes. Obviously, when there's signings or you know trades, it, it people will come back in and give their opinions. But there's a uh, there's regulars in there that like to that post in there pretty much almost every day. Me being one of them. But yeah, we just we try to keep it fun. Try to keep it light. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> how did so I, I i was curious so with the yankees fans when they infiltrated the server how how does so basically how does one kick them out is it i mean like like who has the ability to kick someone out just well at the time the uh at the time it was just the two admins and then one mod and both of them during the game were not on uh online and uh i think the mod wasn't either it's it's hard to remember, but they were, uh, how you, I mean, kicking someone, you can just click on their name and kick them. But now we have oh, like, okay. a, like a vetting system where you enter it and the dino bot will ask you, what's your favorite race fan? And you'll say your favorite race fan. Then we'll let you in. It's a, it's like a perms thing okay. where you give somebody a role. Like I, I would like, I had to give you a role when you came in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically you made it more secure in order to get in to prevent, you know, random people coming in and ruining it and, and ruining all the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And then, um, I, I, we did have to ban a lot of people during the world series, actually a lot more race fans. Than I thought, cause they would either freak out over nothing or say some really, really offensive stuff. <laughs> and it, it that was, really? yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, we don't need to like go into detail about it, but like, I mean, like, like were there Dodgers fans that got in and started trying to talk crap? There's actually uh, you're you'd be surprised that there's a quite a number of of race fans and there are also Dodgers fans. They're pretty chill, but there were a few. There was maybe a couple of fans I had to kick out of there because they were saying some stupid stuff. But there it wasn't the only time it really got ridiculous was during it was last year during the uh, during the LDS when the Yankees fans came in. Now it's pretty. We usually get them out pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it hasn't seemed like anything that extreme. Uh, what's been so what's been your favorite part about just the entire you know being part of it uh, what's been the most enjoyable thing for you um through through all these interactions and connections that that you've made with other race fans it's just really the i mean this is pretty prestigious but like being on here this is this is probably the biggest thing i've done because of it but it really has been the friends i've made because there there are quite a number of people in there a uh, couple of the mods few other people that i've um I've really just made really good friends with since I joined. Uh, I've I've watched shows with them, played games, and just watching the games with somebody other than my mom is pretty. Is, that's pretty. That, that's pretty enjoyable, especially during the pandemic. It helped a lot too because I I mean I can't go. I try not to go outside or anything. Okay. You know, I I can you know sit and type my feelings my frustrations about the team during the game yeah i know exactly what you mean uh well have you so are there any like meetups that that have happened in the past where like you've gotten to meet up with some people within the uh within the server i don't know how often that happens pending what happens with this whole covid thing we would i mean i at least i would like to do it i'd like to meet up with some of the guys i haven't i haven't done it yet there just hasn't really been an opportunity but uh yeah, that would definitely be something that I would like to do. Okay, yeah. I mean, I hope it happens. I mean, obviously, I can't really get down to Florida that, you know, that easily because, A, my car don't work, and, B, I live in New Jersey. So, you know, two two massive problems when it comes that's, to – That's a uh, little tough. <laughs> it's, it's quite an interesting situation. But, uh, Gibby, first off, join the Discord. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Join the Discord. Come on, man. You need to join the Discord. I will. Um, got you. 
And and for anyone that's listening who hasn't joined the Discord yet, what are you doing? Please join it. It's so much fun. They they welcome me with open arms. Uh, I mean, we now have like our own mini section uh, within the Discord server, like our own like podcast talk section and and like a voice uh, or, or like a voice chat section. So if I'm on there, Very feel cool. free to feel free to come in and chat with me or just chat on the thing. I know that there's. I'm I'm very active, so I'm not really active in like the other Tampa Bay sports teams. Which I don't know if you're going to add a Raptors one in, but you might want to add one in just because the. I mean, there's. I mean. Oh, I, I'm going to a Tampa all. Raptors game. I'm going to as many as I can. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. Under consideration. <laughs> Under consideration. <laughs> We're just gonna chant. We're just gonna chant Tampa Raptors, and then we're gonna. Pers- we're, the so they're gonna steal the Rays from us, and we're gonna steal, and we're gonna steal the Raptors from them. Take that, Canada. Take Team that. Grade. I mean, hey, hey, if they, I think if they win, then we count that, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, like Tampa counts that as a trophy. Yeah, of course. I, I think I think we can count that legitimately as a trophy, but. Um, I mean, like I said, like, it's been so much fun. I'm usually pretty active on, like, the Rays posting thing, which is, you know, just, like, main Rays talk. Uh, and then other sports things, because uh, I just talked a little bit about lacrosse today because some big news happened. Uh, I'm complaining a lot about how Cincinnati's not getting any love in the college football playoff, but understandably so because they play in the American. And just, and just other things. So join in, have some fun. Uh, join in the pod, uh, or I mean, join. I mean, join in the pod also. But you know, join in the Discord server to talk about the pod and talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, again, Max's Max's Discord name is Ricky Spanish Forty Four. So um, reach out to him, say hi. He will definitely. I mean, with you know, within very very quickly, uh, he, you know, we started talking, and then obviously he's now on here. So uh, you know. You know, things work, things work really, really quickly. And it's also just, it's, it's great relationships that have been fostered from this. So first off, uh, Max, thanks so much for taking the time to come on. We really, really appreciate you coming on to talk about the Rays. And I'm sure, yeah, I mean, did you have a fun time? We hope that you did. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's been great. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, and we really, really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Again, a little bit lengthy, but, but we're trying to make the off-season episodes longer to give you guys more content in between, uh, you know, in between the weeks when there's nothing going on. Uh, best way to reach us, I mean, you can – I mean, I'm kind of everywhere. I'm on Reddit. I'm on the Discord server. It's just Raise the Roof Alex. Uh, and then on, on Twitter, you can both look me up, Alex Murphy, UMD. Gibby's EC – was it EC Gibbles, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think oh, it's – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it EC Gibbles. And then uh, the podcast itself, just Raise the Roof Pod on Twitter. Um, so follow us there. We, like, we're, we usually put out a bunch of good stuff over the course of the week. Um, so, again, Max, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up, baby.